Hey everybody, I'm Beth Davis and welcome back to Teachable Tuesday. We're continuing our little chat on the Gospel of John. It's more of a deep dive, actually. It's not really a little chat. This has been so fruitful and beautiful for me. Thanks for hanging out with me in the Gospel of John these past few weeks. Today, chapter 18. Grab a Bible or just close your eyes, listen, pray, let the Word wash over you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. John 18. After Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, for whom are you looking? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again, he said to them, for whom are you looking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill what the word, to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest, but Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing round it warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples, and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. Then he had said, when he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, is this how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, if I have spoken wrongly, 
testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not one of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, if this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews replied, we are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a bandit. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Quite the cliffhanger there at the end of John 18. I would love to hear uh, what the Lord was highlighting for you in John 18. Leave your takeaway, um, what struck you, questions you have, what you're curious about. Share that in the comments on whatever platform you're watching. But here on Teachable Tuesday, I endeavor, we endeavor to discover God's heart and apply it to our lives and, and to uh, conform our lives to the word. So that's what we're gonna do here today as I share with you my takeaway. You know, I remember my very first talk. Um, I was in college and I was the president of the Newman Club. I know, very impressive. And I remember at one of our meetings, I um, had this um, kind of thought, this idea, this challenge, this invitation, really kind of um, wrestling within me and, 
and resting on my heart. And so I, I brought it to the people at the Newman Center and I said, I'd like to open with this little reflection. And what I was really challenged by, what I felt the Lord inviting me to, was to just look at my calendar, to look at my priorities, and to find who and what I was prioritizing in my life. Pretty simple, right? So I had everyone sit down, it was a small group, we just sat at the table, and I asked everyone to just write out uh, a list of their top five priorities. What was the most important thing to them? So I gave them a moment to reflect. You might be thinking about this yourself. And then I asked, does your schedule reflect those priorities? Simple questions, right? Does your schedule reflect your priorities? If I looked at your life, would I know that this is what's most important to you? And I gave a very short, very sweet, very simple little message about giving Jesus pride of place in our life what that would look like, how that could look in our lives if Jesus was our first priority. And I ended with, wait for it, Matt Mars, Lord, I need you, right? We discovered that we really need more of God in our lives. Uh, our priorities, our calendars weren't really reflecting what we were going after. So we were just inviting the Lord. Pretty sweet talk, right? And if I'm being honest with you, I, I think it's just as relevant today as it was many years ago when I gave it. And I want to ask you today, does your life reflect your priorities? Does how you spend your time, who you spend your time with, how you live your life, does it reflect your priorities? If someone from the outside was looking at your life, what would they assume you hold most dear? What would they believe holds pride of place in your life? Now, we go after many things, right? We, we give ourselves over to our work, and, and God calls many of us into a, a particular mission, into a line of work, and, and it is. We are serving God by pouring ourselves into that profession, into that mission. The same is true of our vocations. Uh, they're gifts from God, invitations into the intimate life with God, into a life of virtue, being formed in God's image and likeness in these relationships and in our work. But I, I'm reminded here, and if I've quoted it once, I've quoted it a thousand times, John Paul II said, it is Jesus that you dream of when you, that you seek when you dream of happiness. So all of the striving, all of the going after, all of the searching, all of the looking, it has a name, has a, a purpose. Uh, there is an ultimate fulfillment to all of this longing, to all of this pursuit, and his name is Jesus. We don't always recognize that that's who we're looking for in our life's search for happiness, for meaning, for purpose, but it is Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. Whatever you're going after, it is Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. I want to land today the, the question that was uh, kind of turning over and over in my heart. Maybe it's because it's repeated in this gospel is John 18 verse 4 when the soldiers come to take Jesus and Judas has led them to him in the garden. And he says, for whom are you looking? 
And I believe that's a bigger question, that's a deeper question than just geography, right? He's not saying, who are you physically looking for? I believe he's asking each and every one of us, uh, for whom are you looking? How are you spending your life? What are you pursuing? Are, are you looking for me? Do you know that it's me that you dream of, seek when you dream of happiness? For whom are you looking? I don't know if you've ever lost anything, but uh, we can get pretty single-minded in our pursuit of those lost things, right? Our keys, our phone. I can't tell you how many times I have been set into a panic looking for my phone while I am on the phone. I just get so busy, so wrapped up, so single-minded in this pursuit of the thing, of a place I need to go, a person I need to see. If you've ever lost a child, in a supermarket. I was once lost in an airport in a foreign country and I couldn't find my friend and my phone wasn't working. When we've really lost something that we know matters, there, there's an urgency, right? There's a drive there and we become single-minded in our pursuit. I believe Jesus is focusing our lens today by asking us this question that, that cuts to the heart, for whom are you looking? For whom are you looking? Look for me with the same intensity, with the same single-hearted devotion as you do your keys, your phone, your lost child, with the same single-hearted devotion that he searches for us like that lost sheep or that lost coin or that lost prodigal son in Luke 15. Seek him with that same all-consuming love. That's what this pursuit is about. That's what's happening when Jesus uh, invites us with this question. That's why it's a question, right? He's, he's wanting conversation with us. He's wanting intimate relationship with us. For whom are you looking? For whom are you looking? Uh, what does your heart desire? This is the whole theme, the movement of the Song of Songs, that, that beautiful um, poetic book that really lays out for us this um, bridal imagery, this invitation into an intimate relationship with the creator of our soul, um, the savior of our soul, the lover of our soul. When Jesus asks, for whom are you looking? He's inviting us to seek him, to pursue him in that same intimate and beautiful way, the way uh, the beloved seeks her lover in the Song of Songs. And so I wanna invite you very practically uh, to look at your life very gently, curiously, right? We're not gonna be hard on ourselves here. Um, we're not judging ourselves. There's no shame, right? I, I'm thinking of Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're just gently going to ask ourselves, how am I spending my time for whom Am I looking? What, what priorities am I going after in my life? And I want to give you a very simple uh, way to kind of move through these questions with the Lord. First, I want to invite you to take an inventory. Then we're going to interrogate and finally invest. Inventory is pretty simple. I want you to grab your Blesses She Planner, look at your calendar on your phone. Just even take one day or one week and take inventory of where and how you spend your time. How much of your time and heart 
go into your work? How much of your time and heart go into your relationships, your friendships? How much of your time and heart go into your phone, into being in the car? These are, are um, difficult questions to look at sometimes, but I want you to physically look at your calendar and take inventory of your life. What are you going after as you're going after these other priorities, these things that take up so much time? You know, in the words of Mumford and Sons, where you invest your love, you invest your life. So where are you investing your love? This is where you're pouring your energy and your heart into. This is where you're going to end up spending your life. And then I want you to interrogate it. Wow, I didn't, I didn't realize uh, I spent so much time on my phone. I know it's easy. It's just because I'm doing a phone-free July and it is, it is an indictment, let me tell you, on how I spend my time. Just noticing my attachment to my phone, just to scrolling, to, to feeling, um, to feeling uh, disconnected from people when I'm away from my phone. So we're just curiously, right, without judgment, we're just noticing, we're interrogating these values in our lives, the way we spend our time. Why? Why am I going to the gym this many times? Why am I spending this much time with this person? How is the Lord in that, right? It, it, we're not saying everything is bad. We're just getting curious about how we're spending our time. And we're, we're keeping this question above it all, for whom are you looking? And finally, I want you to invest. Because if you look at your priorities, and you find that your Catholic faith, a, a personal relationship with Jesus, isn't at the top of that list of priorities, then how can we begin to move in a way that we're investing our heart, investing our love, investing our time, investing our life more so into Jesus? Maybe it's sitting down and doing that activity from that talk 15 years ago. What are your top five priorities? And if Jesus isn't at the top, how can I invest in my relationship with the Lord? Perhaps it's coming back to confession. Maybe it's um, taking up that, that daily habit of prayer. I know I'm always just inviting you to the sacraments and prayer, but friends, that's, that's all there is because for whom are you looking? The answer is Jesus. As we've already said, it is Jesus that you seek in all of these other pursuits. So how can you begin to invest in Jesus and experience more of that soul-satisfying love that you're seeking? This week, I want you to, to go to the garden. I love that language in the beginning of John 18 that um, Judas knew where it was. He knew it well because it's where Jesus took the disciples quite often. It's a place of intimacy, a place of easy conversation. And this week, I want to invite you to go into the garden of your own heart to be with Jesus, to talk to him about that inventory, about those questions, that interrogation you did of how you spend your time and your life, to talk to him about um, the desires of your heart and where you want to invest. Ask him where he's investing in your life. Remember, it's a, a dynamic, it's an easy conversational intimacy that we're invited into there in the garden. Tell him what you're looking for. And maybe it's not him. Maybe right now you don't think you're looking for the Lord, but can you just talk to God? Can you maybe even talk aloud? God, I, I don't know if I'm looking for you. I don't even know what that looks like or what that would mean for my life, but I know I'm seeking something. 
I know nothing else seems to satisfy. I, I, I get these things, I buy these things, I met that person and still there's this agitation, this listlessness. Just talk to God. I'm looking for love. I'm looking for friendship. I'm looking for approval. I'm looking for respect. Whatever that is, I'm looking for healing. Tell Jesus, for whom are you looking? And allow him to unveil himself, to reveal himself, just as he did in the garden with those soldiers when he said, I am he. He'll come and he'll satisfy all of those longings when you look for him. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we bless you. We thank you for this time. I thank you uh, for these women and these men, God, who are seeking after you. I ask you to illuminate their schedule, illuminate their attachments, illuminate um, their desires. Give them understanding, Lord, for whom they are looking. And reveal your love, that living water that quenches. Reveal your love, Jesus. Thank you for always offering yourself to us. Thank you for enduring uh, the shame, the betrayal, the loneliness, the pain of the cross for love of us. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God bless you. I'm praying for you, and I'll see you next week for John 19. God bless you. Bye.